The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. gentlemen it's wednesday and that means it's time for the aew dynamite after show with your team triple j running wild on a wednesday and have we got a show for you the devil gang is back in action julia hart is racking up wins and swerve and penta put on a banger but before we get into all that let me introduce the crew. I'm Jack Farmer being joined by the legendary referee, Jimmy Corderas, and of course, the spar with Labar champion, Justin Labar. But also, I got to give a quick shout out here. We got a birthday in the house, the Jif King, Dylan Matthews. Happy birthday, buddy. So glad that you're joining oh. us. And hope it was a good one for you. Uh, Justin, how have you spent Dylan Matthews' birthday? Banging my head against my notebook watching AEW Dynamite. We are gonna fight so much on this episode. This one's gonna be a. Uh, we're, we're gonna. We're gonna. Well, you are the spar with the bar champ. I'm the uh, the slap box champ. I'm like whack whack. <laughs> maybe maybe I should have wore the actual ref shirt tonight. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed this this one, but we'll we'll talk about all that stuff. Uh, mm. But Jimmy, mm -hmm. how are you doing? Uh, obviously doing a lot better than Justin. Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle here. You know how I talk about the little things all the time. There was a lot of little things here tonight. Uh, the, don't get me wrong. There was some entertaining stuff, but and which we'll get to. But at the same time, stuff that made me go, hmm. There was also some, there was also some big things. Speaking yeah, of little point. things, before we went on the air, uh, Jimmy was talking about shirts, but I'm going to leave the rest of that to everyone. <laughs> 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 uh, but we're gonna have a fun time today we're gonna have a fun time yeah. uh, on this this uh this episode everyone who's with us here uh thank you so much for joining us in the chat uh we got a lot of stuff to cover um first we want to talk about what is clearly i think some of the biggest news in pro wrestling in a little bit of course over the past two years it's been really big news so I don't know if I put up with all that, but it's still pretty big news. Uh, WWE announced that there is a new broadcast home for the NXT brand. In a press release late Tuesday afternoon, WWE announced they had reached a deal with the CW to broadcast NXT starting in September of 2024. PW Insider reported earlier in the afternoon that the two uh, sides were in deep negotiations, so much so that an announcement could happen at any time. No financial details were disclosed. Though the earlier report suggested that the deal would be, quote, the biggest increase for WWE NXT media rights ever. Uh, of course, you that last sentence there, Justin. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can talk about, I don't know how many homes CW is in versus USA or anything like that. But 
that last sentence, the biggest raise ever. This has got to be a win for WWE. It's it, overall it is. Uh, so it's they're getting more money than they have been getting. The kind of asterisk to this is that the money they have been getting now that we're finding out it's not quite as much as what we thought. But that being said, they're the arrows going up f- from what they financially have been bringing in for what is their third brand, their developmental brand, however you want to classify it. They're going to have less eyes on it, probably based upon the, the, the difference between USA and CW. But. But, but I don't think it's going to be detrimental to the brand. They're going to be the number one thing based upon the numbers they get on USA, based upon what they have now. They're going to be the most, it's going to be the number one show on CW. So they're going to be able to tout that. So it's already a win. They're already, going to be, they're already going to say we're getting more money than we ever had for NXT. And we're the number one thing on the, on, on our distribution channel. So that, that's, that's go That, that makes an easy press release every quarter. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's, that that whole 2.0 rebranding that we all weren't so sure about and when they you know uh, you know look it's 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 proven that it's paid its dividends that this is this is paid off yeah jimmy that's what i was gonna say ask you or, or talk to you about here is when 2.0 started everyone was shaking their heads and they were saying what is this i don't get it it's clearly found a footing as we look at ratings going up and now more money coming in uh, i guess just an example of the old give it some time or wait and see, right? Exactly. And, and you know, obviously the biggest thing is, will people move over? That's the thing. You want people to move over to the new station that they're on. And and at the end of the day, it is about the business of it, as Justin said, because uh, the claim is, and we don't have the figures right now, is this is a, a big money deal for NXT, their biggest money deal. The thing I, I do like about it is it is on broadcast television as opposed to cable. So um, I, I'm I'm not an expert in the numbers on how many homes that USA is available in the United States versus CW, but at least the CW, you don't need cable mm-hmm. satellite to get it. You can get it with basically an antenna in most places. You know what I'm saying? So it is available. It is out there. Will they get the viewership? Time will tell. But uh, again, from a business standpoint, solely from a business standpoint, this is a great move for the WWE. And as they say, perception is reality. And when they talk about numbers, uh, as we see the the company we're going to cover tonight talks numbers all the time, people hear those numbers, they are impressed. Uh, Yeah, Justin, I wanted to mention, of course, some of the news that's also been circulating via what people are posting on Twitter. So take it for what it's worth. Um, NWA uh, apparently had been in discussions a bit with CW. Uh, Clearly, that's I, I, they're saying that it's not off the table, but I'd imagine if WWE is moving in, they're not going to have other wrestling on there. Um, if that's the case, there's this part of me that's a little disappointed that there's a company that could use that exposure. That's not going to get it. But I guess that's just what happens when the biggest game in town wants a chunk of the, the station. And that's exactly it. You know, I mean, yeah, what would it would I mean? And I, and I don't know if it's dead in the water, but you're right. Normally, when WWE goes someplace, they normally are pretty good about you're not running here at the same time we are. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, sure. Would it would it have helped NWA? Absolutely. Would it have been good for the guys and girls that are there for them to have a bigger platform than what they've been? Absolutely. But like you said, WWE is the biggest game in town and, and that and, and you know, they're going to they're going to take the biggest check. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with NBA. I'm, I'm now I'm very, I'm very, uh, you know, SmackDown, obviously going back to USA. We've known now for weeks or months at this point, 
CW, a new player for for a new player that hasn't been around in a long time. You know, was UPN once upon a time mm-hmm. um, for NXT. Mm-hmm. I am really intrigued where Raw is going to go because Raw, the longest running of the shows, the flagship of the company. At least that's how they tout it. Always, you know, some might argue that SmackDown has mm-hmm. overtaken that, but you have Raw three hours. Its viewership technically has gone down over the time. But it's certainly got a surge here lately. It, you know, they, they do a lot of other numbers digitally with the attention that it gets. I'm really curious to see what kind of money. Oh, it's going to be big money, but where Raw ends up. Because I find it funny. That's I, I find it interesting that USA has announced they have a SmackDown coming to them. If they were also going to have Raw, I would think you would just wait and roll that out all in one big announcement. So the fact that it's not, I'm really curious to see where Raw moves and what does that move affect to them? Do they stay on Monday nights? Do they stay three hours? I'm really intrigued now with Raw. Yeah, Raw's the weird one. Like every other wrestling show, when it changes channels, I'm like, yeah, it's just how it is. You know, they, they change channels. Raw, though, on USA feels like such a staple. Like I, I, I the idea of it moving for some reason just it, it hurts. I don't like the idea of, of Raw changing channels because I'm so used to it being on USA. Um, but uh, I guess the last thing on this, Jimmy, you know, when I, I heard about this and they're saying they're spend, paying so much money for this, I was thinking, uh oh, CW must think that the writer's strike or the, the actor's strike is going to be going on for a long time. <laughs> and then, like, right after apparently just announced the actor's strike is over, I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's someone at CW going, oh man, <laughs> I don't, no, I don't think so. I think they see the potential here, and and you know, again. They're in the money-making business, and I guess they see value in in, in having the NXT brand on their on their network. You know, it, it, it's as simple as that. I don't mean to make it sound like uh, you know it's it's that easy, but it is that easy. They're they they're probably probably going to be the number one rated show on that network yeah. on a weekly mm-hmm. basis. So for them, it's a win. Hopefully, CW didn't. Watch that episode of NXT a few weeks ago that had John Cena on. It had The Undertaker and everybody else. I think that was going to be some kind of norm. (laughs) (laughs) Look, if I'm if I'm pitching for NXT, that's exact. I'm like, look at this episode. Look at all these stars. I mean, Hmm. you never know when they're going to come back, you know, or whatever. And and if if you look at it, they did a heck of a number last night. So you know, hey, maybe maybe there there is that upswing. They've got people interested bringing those names back. Despite, you know, yesterday's number proved that they will come back. Now, will they now move over to CW? Well, I'm sure there'll be a ratings hit in the move initially, but I I have a feeling it'll end up back to about where it's at now at the end of the day. Um, But we continue to actually talk about the show we're covering today, uh, AEW Mm -hmm. Dynamite. Before we do, though, as always, shout out to the lurkers hanging out. Shout out to Ricky, to Clay, to Heath, to Killer, to Corey, to beer to everyone else for joining us dylan matthew's birthday boy obviously shout out to you as well thanks for joining us uh everyone who's here whether you're listening live or later uh like comment share subscribe a five-star review all that kind of stuff is always very appreciated uh let's get into the show uh we start with Tony Schiavone uh, telling us that Jay White or uh, having MJF come in and MJF says that Jay White will never pin him again. Adam Cole calls MJF and says he should pick Roddy to be his tag partner. MJF says, nah. Then Daniel Garcia shows up and MJF says he's getting the shot because he is a professional wrestler. Roderick Strong shows up and says, Adam! Now, Justin, 
I thought this felt very much in a good way, kind of like a SNL cold open where they just sort of set the stage for the night. I enjoyed this. It was a, it was a lot of potatoes as I'm sure will be said, but uh, I, I like that they sort of covered a lot of ground quickly. Well, yeah. And they did something similar last week doing like a cold open before going to the, uh, the their, their video. And I like it. I, I think it's just a nice way to set, like I said, kind of set a pace, set a tone. And quite frankly, just to, to be as simple as possible, MJF is your star. He is your biggest ratings grabber. So have him be the very first thing and second one that people see is him. I don't think that's a bad thing. And then I know we'll get to it in a second. And then following up, even having him in a match. I think, again, the top of the show is, is what is viewed consistently the most uh, for Wednesday Night Dynamite. So, you know, I had no problem with this. Yeah, there's a lot going on. You know, uh, I'm surprised. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised. I mean, Cole, you know, Cole's obviously not wrestling anytime soon. This is injuries legit. He's, having, he's got surgeries. Um, so I'm still kind of like, all right, well, like, What's the payoff going to be here with Roddy? Like, you know, you know, obviously, eventually, you think MJ finally has to get his hands on him, you know. But, uh, but yeah, Roddy's created like a little niche for himself with this whole Adam nonsense, and um, yeah, I I liked it. I thought I thought this was a a good open. I do think that uh, I I like the first little videos at Roddy's house. It felt like they went a little too long on those. I like him better at the arena in person at this point uh, along the way. Got to got to say it. Dylan Matthews saying Adam Cole's beard had a little bit of gray. Be careful, buddy. You're having a birthday. Those might not, might not be too far off yourself there. Uh, uh, Jimmy, as someone who has gray in the beard, uh, what did you think of this? Segment? Great transition. <laughs> yeah, smooth, very smooth. Yes. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, with, I'm with you guys. I hate to sound like Captain Agreeable, but it, it, the, this opening worked for me. I liked it. It, it instead of jumping right, you know, you have the the opening uh, montage of, of their how the show opens every week. It was like that. It almost felt like every week you have the show opening, then uh, Orange Cassidy comes out to have his match. That's how it felt like every week. This week, uh, last couple of weeks, having this little video package or, or whether it's a video package or a little interview segment, yes, maybe a little too much going on, but at least it got you thinking. Oh, this is happening tonight. I can't. Maybe, maybe I, I do want to see what's going to happen. Yeah, and I, I like Justin your point. Uh, MJF clearly the star of the show. Just get put him out there. Him and and obviously the second biggest star, Tony Schiavone. Have it start with a uh, with a uh, TS out there. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm a big fan of Tony Schiavone though. Um, we get to the match. We go on MJF versus Dan Garcia for the AEW Championship. Magic Daddy and Cool Hand are stopping Garcia from doing the dance. MJF works the arm, and eventually it leads to MJF getting the win. Post-match, MJF wants a handshake, but Magic Daddy and Cool Hand won't let him. Uh, I thought that, uh, obviously, Jimmy, the story of the match here is uh, Daniel Garcia is... Uh, well, the, the story of the match was working the arm, but I mean, I, I think the actual story story is Daniel Garcia is clearly at a point where should he continue to listen to the old vets or blaze his own trail? No, I, I get that. But at the same time, you're, you built this match up. This is a, a, a title match on your television show. And yes, the first match that the audience sees is important. They say the two most important things that are how you start the show and how you end it. But it just, in my opinion, and this is me again, I had an issue with putting this match on first. Yes, you wanted to do, we'll get into what happened at the end and all that stuff at the end of the night. And and as Justin stated, usually the show's ratings go down as the night goes on. But if you start 
promoting their biggest draw right now, who is MJF, and kind of plant seeds, like make people want to anticipate this match later on and have it as your main event, it makes the title match feel important. Having it on opening the show, I hate to call it a curtain jerker because, you know, the match was fine. But having your world heavyweight championship match on first and having a main event, which we'll talk about later, uh, and the stipulation behind that match made the title feel less important than than it actually is, if you understand my drift. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I do, I, I do get what you're saying. And I guess in theory, I, I agree. Uh, Justin, I want to know your thoughts on that. I, I do think I 100% get the idea there, but I don't know if anyone really thought Garcia had a chance of winning. So I don't know if promoting, like, do you think people would have stuck around to see it if they promoted it for the main event? They would have stuck. Uh, well, I mean, you know, people would be interested because MJF said it. You know, the, anything he's doing right now, they're interested in, especially because he has a lot of other things that are around him. There's this 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 devil nonsense that's around him. There's there's the, there's a list of people that are gunning for him that we kind of see throughout the night in different ways. So, I for, first off, I don't even think the, they should have even had that. I don't even think I, I hate. I I, I I don't agree with either match. The first match of the night, or the last match of the night. That said, if they're going to have them, which Tony Khan obviously had in his mind that they were, I like putting MJF up front like they did in his match. But I don't agree with either match. We have a match here that, that could potentially change who the world champion is. And the match later in the night is to change who the challenger could be. When we've already been advertising for weeks on end, you know that they're already promoting, doing all the marketing for LA, that this is the match that it is. And, oh, by the way, and not Mark Briscoe comes back last Saturday after being off from a knee injury. Why, why the hell should why, – why would all of a sudden he be the guy that's going to go challenge – MJF and why and I, 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 either side of it, it, it makes no damn sense. I, like if, if you want to have MJF in action, just to say you have him in action because that's a draw. People want to see him. Let him be in action, but it doesn't have to be for the title. <clears throat> it really doesn't. It, I mean, I, I get it. Put the title up there to make it sound more, but it sounds kind of ridiculous when the whole night you're like, oh, it, it, the winner of Mark and Jay is going to face whoever that champion could be. It's like, no, we've been building a story for the last six weeks. Good, good, bad, or otherwise, you've been trying to build a story. You're not going to change it. 10 days out yeah we will definitely talk about the main event stipulation i think we're on the same page in a lot of ways with that one uh I, with the, with the daniel garcia i i understand it being for the title because it does have a little bit of the same kind of open challenge thing that a lot of champions are doing these days and also just you know cards on the table i'm a big daniel garcia fan so i i like the fact that even though he's not winning he's at least rubbing shoulders with the world champion and sort of being seen in that position I I get I, I get that, Jack, but at the same time, it just makes it feel like it's so easy to get a title match. All you have to do is ask and and I, and, and push the right buttons for, for to the champion as opposed I mean, to having did, to earn a title opportunity. I mean, did Sami Zayn not just do that on Monday, though? <laughs> well, pretty much, but <laughs> Sami Zayn is hugely over. That's right true. Now. That's you fair. Know. Again, out of the two matches, I'm I I I would take the title match again because it's it makes your show sound more prestigious. You have the world title on the line. Tune in here. I would take a world title match. I'll take that over again. Why all of a sudden is there a threat to Jay White being the challenger when he when he had he's walking around with the belt stolen? And why Mark Briscoe? <laughs> what did Mark Briscoe do to warrant such? He came back yeah. from knee surgery. Yeah, that is uh, that. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that one. I, I definitely agree with. But I do want to say again, as a big fan of Garcia, uh, I thought he did a great job uh, in this one as far as a, 
as far as like the ring work, I know a lot of people say it's like promos and stuff like that, and you're not wrong, but he does such a good job of like selling the arm injury and like always feeling like he's in an actual fight in the match. I was one of my big pet peeves in matches is when you can tell guys like don't look like they're in a fight for moments. And Daniel Garcia just always looks like he's in a fight. I mean, he does the hip thrust and thing is the is in his moments, but like I guess it's a generic example. It's like the moments in like three way matches where one person will pin and the other guy doesn't break it up because he just knows the other guy's going to kick out. You're like that's not what you would do if you really thought this was a a match. Daniel Garcia is very good about always feeling like he's in the match, and so uh, I I have big expectations for him. I don't think he's going to be the world champion tomorrow, but I do think that as his career's wrapping up, we'll be saying he was he was a good one. Uh, yeah. Let's. Let's 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 move on. We got Sting and Darby Allen versus the Outrunners. Crowd very excited to see Sting in this match. Of course, this could be his last time uh, these folks get to see him live. Uh, Outrunners look and act the part, but this is clearly Sting and Darby's night to to get the win. Uh, Justin, this again, like I said, clearly a chance for everyone to see Sting possibly one last time in that arena. Well, I, I, I like the fun fact that commentary put out there. Yeah, this might be this, this probably will be the last time this can see him. This is only the second time in his career that he's wrestled in Portland, Oregon. The yeah. last time being 1989. So yeah, I'd say the way the way his travels his travels boat's going, that's probably the last time he's in Portland. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, I mean, like, yeah, his next one will be in like 2070 if uh he keeps at this pace. Yeah, the 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 no, never mind. Um yeah, I mean, this was, I mean, look, we're on, we're, okay, so we're officially on the Sting retirement tour. <clears throat> so, of course, this is just, you know, quick little get him out there in front of the live crowd. I don't even think he, I, you know, I, I, they did the close up of him as he was getting ready to, to turn and, and, and lock the Scorpion Deathlock in. I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have a bead of sweat coming down on me. You know, I mean, he, he, you know, good for him. Easy night's work. Uh, shout out to the Outrunners. They look like uh, 2023's version of uh, the Beverly Brothers. That pops mm-hmm. me. They look like they should be wearing fanny packs and Ribera jackets. They look, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they're pop- if they're popping steroids and, and and drinking a six pack on the road, you know that they're uh, they're living the eighties there. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, you know I was gonna say how much I actually really loved them in this one, but I'm gonna say that a lot on this episode, so I don't want to mm-hmm. be overkill with it. But yeah, Jimmy, I was gonna say these look like a couple of guys that you would have refed for back in the day. Yeah, uh, th- no kidding. I mean, like uh, th- when I saw the Beverly Brothers thing, uh, I, I, that's the same exact thing I, I thought of. You know, it it just it was just fun, but. Uh, Again, here we go with, uh, you talked about it, the the Sting retirement tour, so to speak. It's going to be some fun moments leading up to whatever that big buildup is going to be for his final appearance and who it's going to be with and and that sort of thing. But until then, let the the audience just enjoy him for a little bit. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's the whole idea behind it. And I did, you know, and, and that fun fact about it, that was only the second time in his career he's wrestled in Portland. The first time was in 1989. Man, I don't even remember 1989. <laughs> that is a wild stat. When you think about how many places Sting has wrestled, and he's only wrestled in Portland the one other time, that is a that's just one of those weird stats. That, like I can't believe that that is the case. Well, but, and I might, but Jimmy might be able to correct me, or not correct me, but 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 fill in some blanks here. Obviously, Portland <clears throat> once upon a time you know, was a hot territory. It, 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 it had its place in the territory days. But in the last 30, 35 years, so basically in the time frame that we're talking about Sting's career and the last time that he was in, in Portland, 
Uh, I believe Oregon's one of those states that you don't see the you know, you don't see W you don't see pro wrestling go this much. I think there's a state commission for a long time. I thought there was something with the state commission that made that not as of attractive of a state to go to. Maybe I'm making something up, Jimmy. Do, does that sound at all right to you that there was that Oregon's not one they would go to as often? I wish I could confirm that, but I think that was part of the reason why both WCW and uh, and WWF slash WWE at the time did not frequent there, especially for TV events because mm -hmm. of, because of the commission and how much control they had over what went on. And, and, you know, uh, a lot of times in, in some States and even up here in Canada and certain places, you had to have state commission referees and this sort of thing. And, and a and license. And yeah. And all the, yeah. Sometimes it's just too, too expensive to run there. And maybe yeah. that was the, maybe that was the deal with uh, Oregon in general. Well, as a Pacific Northwest kid, uh, wrestling in general didn't come our way very often from the big, the big two companies. So, uh, like growing up the WCW and the, uh, the WWE, but, um, uh, I didn't realize it was that, I mean, with Seattle, we got some shows, but I didn't realize that was that low for, for Portland. Um, but yeah, it's funny, not, 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 to, not for anything, but all those years I got to travel, you know, like, and we, I've been to Seattle, I've been to Portland, but those, now that I think of it, those, that state is was a rare mm -hmm. John for me. Let's I, I was also surprised tonight too. They're in Portland, Oregon, which I believe, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's exactly Portland or if it's thereabouts around about, but that's Roddy Piper country. Mm -hmm. And MJF is such a Roddy fan. I'm kind of, and MJF was all over the show tonight. I'm kind of surprised there was no Piper references, no homage, no nothing. That's a good, good point. That, yeah, that's a good point. Cause, um, he, cause that's, that's one of his catchphrases, right? Uh, when he names, he's um I'm so and so and what city? But but then he who else? Chat chat room can help me out. But that's one of MJF's like things. Like in terms of like who he is. Like I'm so and so, and then he picks that city for that person, and he says, and I'm Piper in Portland. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. I wonder if maybe he, they were worried that if he tried to do that, they would have booed him, like comparing himself to Piper in Portland. Um, like I like if you went to Charlotte and said I'm the Ric Flair of Charlotte, I feel like people would. Probably yeah, but I th but I think I think that I think I think the crowd knows if you're doing it and you're obviously like trolling them. He's saying it out of respect, like he's saying right. it like I love, you know, yeah, Roddy Roddy. Um, well, we're we're gonna move on and uh, yes, boy, I see your chat, but since that's for the end of the show, we're gonna save it for the end of the show. So hang on, but we will get that super chat in there um, about the uh, the old Devil Gang, as I call them. I don't know if they have a name yet, uh, but I'm gonna call them the Devil Gang. Um, uh, we got to a, a little, um, a, a little video package where, uh, Mr. Chavone interviewed, uh, Tony Storm and, uh, Hikaru Shida. <laughs> um, Shida says she's the only, uh, she's the reason Shida says the only reason Storm wants the title is to get attention on her acting career. And Tony Storm says she couldn't make history. So she became history. Uh, they both signed the contract. Justin, this Tony, like, we, we talk about people who, like, they have characters, they live the character. Tony Storm has just become this character. She owns this character. Yeah, Yes, she does. I, I said it weeks ago, and I stand by it. I love my airport test, but you can also do, when you're talking about trying to build characters with personalities, you can do the Halloween costume test. Mm -hmm. You could absolutely, if you were going to a wrestling party, you could absolutely dress up and be Tony Storm, and, and like and like people could look at you and absolutely, and just by looking at you or hearing the way you talk, you know, you could, they could easily figure out that you're her. 
Um, this was full of stuff between the Tony Siobhan and she licks the pen and gives it a sheet of the sign and she just grossed out. The, what was her final quote? You know, as they say in Hollywood, you know, chin up, tits out, watch for the shoe. Yeah. Oh I mean, goodness. it was just such, it was so stupid. It was wonderful. Like, I, I, I know nothing against Hikaru Ishida, but I, 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 I have to think Tony Storm's got this momentum. I know she's already been champion before, but she's not been champion since having this character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, she's got to, the clock's got to be ticking for her to take this uh, full gear. Yeah, Jimmy, this is a character. I feel like if you pitched this character and didn't like, I never saw it. I'd be like, okay, I guess it sounds like something, but I wouldn't be that excited about it. But Tony, like, I don't know. Like, it's not just playing the role. I mean, she just. Everything she says is funny. It works. It's good. I feel like if anyone else took this role and did the same thing, you'd be like, eh, I don't buy it. But when Tony Storm does it, she nails it. No, absolutely. And that's the whole beauty of this whole, uh, of this character that she's portraying. It doesn't feel like she's portraying a character. And that's the scary part about it. You may, it makes you wonder, like, oh, my goodness, is she believing what she's saying? It's got people questioning it. But at the same time, we know that people get invested in the personalities as opposed to, yes, it's cool what they can do in the ring. And, you know, and you say, Hey, I'm looking forward to so-and-so's match and I'm looking forward to so-and-so's match. But when they say I'm looking forward to seeing Tony storm perform Mm -hmm. in that character, you know what I mean? And, and this thing worked and uh, we've seen a lot of contract signings a lot lately. They didn't really plug it as a contract signing per se, like like make a big deal of it, but it turned into one of the more interesting contract signings that I've seen, and it was fun, and that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable because it was fun. You know, that's how good Tony Storm is. Is this didn't even register for me as your typical contract signing? This was a Tony Storm segment in my mind. I didn't even no. think of it as a because contract signings are typically so the formal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's but this I was like I didn't even think of it as that. I just this is the Tony Storm show and special guest Mr. Chavone and Hikarushi. <laughs> and I like I, I like Tony Chavone saying we're in black and white. I thought that was a funny stupid touch. <laughs> and uh, hey, by the way, shout out to uh, I saw uh, the uh, AC the Raptor. He said it's his first time watching live. So, shout out AC that. Raptor. Uh, are you in Canada? I'm guessing Raptor Raptors the basketball team is why I'm guessing Canada. Uh, let us know where you're at, AC. Yeah, Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is great. I do. I'm a fan of uh, Karushita. I wish she had the opportunity to do something that allowed her to show us who she is as a person beyond what she does in the ring, the way Tony Storm has been able to. Because I think she's great. But like when you see her with someone like Tony Storm, you're like, geez, Tony Storm is just so entertaining. It's hard to, it's hard not to want to see Tony Storm win. <laughs> She gets overshadowed. That's and that's the yeah. big thing. You don't want to see someone get overshadowed that much, mm-hmm. and and that's what's happening here. So, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of people thinking that there may be a title change in the future. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, they've they've given Sheeta. You know, Sheeta's got a lot of accolades in AEW's young history books. I mean, right? She's the first AEW Women's Champion, right? I think she's the first three-time AEW Women's Champion. But to this point of when you have her side by side with Tony Storm and this character, um, I I just don't. And I think part of it maybe is just what the what the bar is, what the expectation is in some Japanese promotions. I just don't think. I mean, Akaroshita might be an interesting person. Like if you went and sat and had 
lunch with her. She might be a very interesting person in terms of finding out her history and her life and where she's been, what she knows, all this stuff. But I don't know if she has the the stuff, the it factor, nor wants to show it. I don't I don't know if that's part of her pro wrestling. I think I think she maybe comes from a expectation of okay, I'm going to be a good pro wrestler. I'm going to be a good wrestler. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to I'm going to look make my opponent look good. I'm going to look good. We're going to sell. But I don't know if the character work is something that's even really th- I, I don't know if it's there. I don't know if if you could go to her and say, "All right, Hikarshida, I want you to pitch me something that's going to make you all of a sudden stand something I want, I want you to come up with a crazy catchphrase. I want you to come up with a crazy tick of something you do. I want you to go over the top like Tony is. I don't know if that's there for her and, and again, that might just be part of the expectation of where she comes from in terms of what the wrestling is. I, and I and and but and I think it's up to this point now. You, you're starting to really see it get uh, be, become a problem uh, because I think Tony Storm might be the strongest character that we've seen Akarashita go up against in a major match in her AEW career. I I would be okay with them literally just ripping off what WWE is doing and having her do promos with subtitles to help if that's the issue. Um, if it's the language barrier or something to to help Sheeta. Well, I don't even know if it's I don't even know if it's a language maybe it is. I don't know if it's a language barrier or if it's just again, like if she has a person if she has an over the top personality to, to turn up to eleven, so to speak. I mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I don't know. That's yeah, it's I, I just I would like to know I've gotten to interview her for Wrestling Inc. and she's a wonderful person. I, I just as a character on TV, I would love to see like the character, like what is she about? What is she you know you know what I mean? Like I don't really know anything you can't about define, her. you can't define yeah, it in one sentence. And no. that's no and and, that's, and see and and again, and not to compare to the other company, but that's one of the things that they do well is when they you know, want to get you invested in characters. They do these wonderful video packages and give you a lot of background and a lot of information about them. And maybe that's what she needs. Maybe she needs a little bit of, um, you know, producing. Let's put it that way. Um, well, someone who is going to get a little bit of extra help is Tony Storm, actually. We got an interview later with RJ from the debuting Mariah May who does a great job of telling us that she's been all over the world, been to stardom, but says she's really just a big Tony Storm fan and has been following her. Uh, Jimmy, this is a very, one, it's a big signing for AEW to get Mariah May, but two, uh, kind of an interesting way to debut someone as a super fan of someone else. Yeah, it is a little bit different, but it, at the same time, it kind of inserts her, not into the, the title picture, so to speak, but it, it, it makes her feel like a big time player. They made the announcement sound very, very like, Oh my goodness, this is a big signing. And, you know, and, and people who may not be familiar with her will go, Oh, this is going to be big. So now they go to, to the <laughs> captain Google over there and try to, <laughs> you know, and, and get a little more information. So, it, you know, I think they did a nice job of uh, having RJ be the one who kind of made it fun to introduce her. Well, and Justin also, I thought was a very clever move because RJ obviously so closely tied to Tony storm. So it felt like a very natural thing as opposed to if they had Tony Schiavone doing this interview. Yeah. First off, shout out to Tony Khan for not uh, advertising. This as a, as a major announcement that he had to go on camera and make uh, that kind of like helps us uh, uh, quality expectations. Secondly, yes. Nice. Nice. Have him up at RJ city out there. Always love seeing him. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm gonna wait and see how this goes because I could see this going really good or really bad. I can see in the one way this this could develop out and you go, okay, this is supposed to be a major signing, 
um, and, and you bring her in as, as a fangirl, and if it, depending on how the, it, 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 it doesn't pay out right. The other way is, is this might be a creative way of, of course, you could, yeah, you could show vignettes and do those things and bring her in and she squashes some opponents and, you know, kind of, you know, 101. But there was a little bit, I got a little vibe of like Mickey James, Trish Stratus, what is that, 04, 05 ish? Mm-hmm. I got a little bit of like, oh, she's coming in. She's super fan. She looks like she's, you know, pretty and energetic and maybe girl next door super fan but then we're gonna find out oh no bitch is crazy like i kind of so and that could then take this and that could then that could put mariah may on the map immediately uh talk yeah. talking about character work that we're, right. was, as we just talked about so i'm not gonna I'm, I'm gonna say that uh uh i'm fine with it and i'm and i'm very interested i am interested to see what i see out of mariah may over the next few weeks I do. I, I, what I love about this character for her too is it's something that someone can lean into and be that big character as opposed to just I'm a good wrestler. Because you, you know, you talk about um, uh, Trish and Mickey, like being the crazy person lets you really emote and do stuff and let you let me really figure out who this person is. And I think you could even see that as this promo went on, she was becoming almost more of a character and more defined as opposed to the rest of the division, which I thought was was really a good first move for her. Um, I do want to say the AEW Dynamite After Show podcast. We talk about gray hair, Sting in '89, and rivalries from 2004. We are not hitting that demo, fellas. <laughs> but uh, 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 we we do move on to something that maybe will get us back in the demo. Uh, Swerve takes on Penta Alzero Miedo uh, because of Swerve's home invasion. Adam Page is banned banned from ringside which is what sense does that I, make I'll, I'll say i'll say this i'm gonna gush over the show that doesn't make any sense <laughs> whatsoever right. i was like what are we talking about and this wasn't even the thing that aggravated me the most for the show so stay tuned yeah. but what sense does that make they've home invasioned and we're lurking around the man's baby's crib and mm-hmm. and i don't mean crib as the house i mean the baby's crib where the infant sleeps literally yeah. <laughs> and and nope you can't be around here during this 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 honest one-on-one pro wrestling contest what yeah. what that was when they said that i was like wait what I, at first i thought it was like a a, a slip up and I, I was like they said it and i thought oh someone else is gonna say oh what you, you meant to say and then say the like actually adam page isn't here tonight yeah. because yeah. or something but i was like wait what? when <laughs> they was- jack when they said this the only thing that I I was like, all right, maybe Hangman Page has COVID. Maybe he's got something to where he can't be there because of protocols and policies. And so that was, and so rather than saying nothing and making it an even bigger issue that he just doesn't appear during the match, maybe that's what it was, you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> so that I, I got to say that, that's, I'm going to gush over the show, but when I heard that, I was definitely like, that's a, that's a weird, I mean, like I said, like maybe he's not there and they say he stayed home because he was worried about leaving his family after what happened. But, but any, in any case, in any case, I go, I throw (laughs) my hands up and I go, I get it. It's a, it's a mechanism to have Paige not run out there. Being, but, being banned from a match is not is not a it's not a lot of cowboy shit. <laughs> so, but I will say this: John Wayne, he ain't. The match yeah. was awesome. 
I absolutely loved watching these guys just tear it up. It was incredible. Uh, Swerve gets the win and then, of course, gets beaten down post-match by Adam Page, which will probably be the the, the heavy part of the conversation here. But, but Jimmy, I, I got to ask you about Swerve. Let's let's take the, that that hangman page comment and 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 him not being out there because of the home invasion thing out. I look at Swerve and I'm like, this guy, his character is great, his promos are great, his matches are great. Like, where do you rank him in in pro wrestling right now? As far as like, I I, I feel like he's he's knocking out of the park on every level. I, I don't know overall in pro wrestling, but at least in that company, he is in the upper echelon. This guy ticks off so many of the right boxes and you just ran through pretty much all of them. And that's what you need. He's got all the tools. Now all they have to do is find the right program for him. And it did start off, like you said, this whole, uh, you know, showing this eerie side of him in, with the home invasion thing. But at the same time, now you're wondering, you know, you get this, what we saw this week with the, 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 the person whose home he invaded being banned from ringside, not making any sense. So, it, you know, allow, I would have been, yes, we got a good match out of these guys because they took their time and told a story through the match. The one comment I, uh, getting off key here, the one comment that I found interesting was Taz trying to say that although their styles are different, they're very similar. I saw something along those lines. He was trying to, I think I know yeah. what he was trying to say, but it was a little bit confusing. But anyway, <laughs> back to my back to my point. You know, you want it to be intense. And yes, we got Hangman come out afterwards, but it, by then it's like he should have been there 10 minutes ago. He for as good as the match was, and I'm a big I'm a Swerve fan. I, I like what's going on. I'm, I've always been a big Penta fan. I told the story of first seeing him in Lucha Underground in person. For as good as the match was, I'm not trying to like you know take away a match that we enjoyed. The fact that we know that Hangman was in the building, banned or not banned, he should have Swerve should have never made it to the ring. Swerve should have been coming out. Nana should have been whatever, whatever. Hangman should have been coming out ready to stab him with with, with that chair like that. D- d- yeah, yeah, that's just I, book, book have have Swerve have Swerve booked in a match against. Joe Schmo from Portland match shouldn't even hangman. I don't care if hangman's got the national guard chasing him. He should. Or, or, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, Justin, mm-hmm. because uh, along that point there, uh, show a video from earlier today where hangman's waiting for them to arrive yeah. and, you know, and have authority figure come out and say, look, you can't be here. You got to, you know, and no, I'm wait. I can't wait. I want to see this guy or whatever, and, and maybe have him escorted away or something, anything, to make it make sense instead of saying, oh, you can't come to ringside. Jack, I have a request for you, too. Oh, I would like you to start playing Swerve's theme song at the weddings you DJ, and I would really appreciate a, a, a video for social media. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, of you, you doing mm-hmm. the non Who says I don't already? Oh, you been? I, I mean, I mean, I, I know you swerve and you drive. I want to see it. <laughs> the uh, I, I will say the the last thing, and it's easy to to hindsight, you know, book or whatever. But I, Jimmy, I like your idea. You, you have him show up. Security escorts him away, and then you could even do the same ending, but you have Adam Page come through the crowd, and they say he snuck back in the building. At least then mm-hmm. it's it's not. It's a weird like, just that was a weird thing. But I will say. I did love the match. I had a fun time watching it. Uh, we got a, a promo uh, with the Don Callis family uh, talking about how they're going to beat up uh, Kenny Omega and his pals with a video game overlaid on top of it. And then we got a Young Bucks and Jericho and Omega promo where the Young Bucks were getting a little little testy with Kenny Omega. Uh, Justin, I want to talk to you first. Uh, well, I guess you could comment on the, both of these uh but obviously there's some sponsorship stuff going on and i don't know how it's going to impact the match but so far i do think that just the overlay and maybe some like parallels to the game during the promo is a nice way of sneaking in the sponsorship without a you know, mountain dew <laughs> you know black light <laughs> match so to speak or a zombie match you know <laughs> yeah i mean look um crossovers can hit or miss, but at the end of the day, I know that there there, there, there's money attached to them. So I, I defended the Mountain Dew black match. Cause I, I cause I, you know, when I heard about the, the money that, that they were getting, I, I, so yeah, I mean like even tonight, like I, I even commented like the, the ring skirts were for that thing that they were promoting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the game, the video game, a uh, different video game. La- Last dragon of yeah. something. But but I even said but but and but it kind of looked cool. It was a cool like the white ring skirt and mm-hmm. with the mat and then the black robe. So whatever. I mean cross promote cross promote. I, I that's that is one thing. I'll say this. That's one thing. Um, a we it's it's a it's a weird thing to judge, whatever. Uh, but AEW does it. You know we saw DraftKings on the mat tonight. WCW was famous for doing it. You know you couldn't watch a Halloween Havoc without seeing Slim Jim in the center of the ring and the ring posts were even Slim Jim. I I I do. I, I kind of I, I I like it. I, I don't I I don't you know I'm I'm kind of surprised WWE has held and they, they've started getting into it with having the branded sponsorships to matches and we've seen the logos on the LED boards out on the outside of the ring now. Mm-hmm. I've always thought it's just it's just a natural thing. You, you, everybody's looking at that twenty by twenty space. If you can get a million dollars or whatever the figure is for putting a logo, do it. 
I, I thought for years that Slim Jim was like a Halloween, almost like, not a candy, but like a Halloween thing. Like, yeah, you have, you know, candy canes during Christmas, Slim Jim during yeah. <laughs> Halloween, yeah. because it was always part of Halloween havoc. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy, any any thoughts on this? Any thoughts on Young Bucks maybe maybe tiptoeing across the line to the other side of the locker room? Well, uh, obviously it sounded like it just from the way they were talking and and obviously planting, uh, when we talk so much about planting seeds, there's a seed there. You could see that Kenny Omega was a little conflicted. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, listening to Jericho talk about, yeah, we can beat you guys. And you could see Kenny's kind of looking like, wait slow down bro you know like take it it's almost like he had that attitude while jericho was cutting the promo back on the bucks i like the i like the vocal interaction between the two but definitely the bucks came out of this feeling like they were more on that other side of the fence on on the bad side of the fence so they're gonna have a match uh at full gear i believe Mm -hmm. do do we know well real quick i got confused here is the is the the eight man tag at full gear, or is that next week on Dynamite? Or when is- I think that's I say I got confused too. Yeah. The, the tag match of Jericho and Kenny versus the Bucks is at full gear, mm-hmm. but prior to that, and I think it's next week on Dynamite is the one yeah. with Abushi and Paul uh, White. Big Show, Big Show. Yeah. or Paul White. Yeah, Paul White. Yes, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna that's a hard habit to break. Yeah. <laughs> Um, still working on the edge thing, so you know. Yeah, that, that one's tough too. Some of them are. It took me forever to get Brian Danielson. I would say if it, hmm. if Brian Danielson goes back to WWE, I've I've changed too many times. It's I'm I am not changing it anymore. I can't him. wait for I can't wait for uh, Jimmy to go to AEW and we have to start to call him Kimmy Jordaris. <laughs> oh, oh, I I think we should make that name stick as it is. But uh, so we got a uh, a. A slapper of a match, Samoa Joe versus Keith Lee for the Ring of Honor TV title. That's a sentence I don't think anyone would have believed in 2019. Uh, the crowd was hot for this one. Uh, and let me tell you guys, if Arby's wants to sponsor a match, this is the all-you-can-eat carnivore candy. AEW has the meat. Uh, these guys beat each other up. Of course, Samoa Joe gets the win. Uh, but, Justin, I think the big thing here is Post-match, Samoa Joe vacates the Ring of Honor title so that he can pursue the AEW world title. Um, I I typically hate titles being vacated, but I feel like now Samoa Joe feels like a legit world title guy in AEW. Hmm. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> in pro wrestling, you vacate. If you're legitimately injured and can't make it to the ring to do the job to drop the title to somebody else or if you're legit suspended and you're being punished this guy had the longest ring of honor tv title reign ever and i know that because that's what the graphics said tonight <laughs> fun fact it said it's been 519 days or something like that and then he just vacates it because he wants to focus on the aew world title when the aew world champion currently also is a ring of honor champion why can't you hold more than one belt samoa joe ultimo dragon had nine once upon a time tony khan's like some kind of wrestling historian so i think he would know that why would you just okay you want him to focus on the AEW world title i get it because perception is reality the AEW world title is a hell of a lot more prestigious than the roh tv title 
But why not? Why not have him work a match and have somebody beat him so you can at least give the rub of that record setting of that, that record run and give it to somebody else? And I know you don't necessarily want him to lose just before he goes and potentially challenges MJF again. Have him get have him get just screwed beyond screwed in terms of a drop or, or do an injury angle where he's injured and Samoa Joe's fighting with one bad arm and ha, ha, have somebody beat him. <clears throat> this. You know, we all have these questions about how much is a Ring of Honor actually worth? Is it second rate? Does it deserve to have all this TV time and resources and money that Tony Khan apparently has spent on it? This just right there. I mean, it just sounds like you're you're just you're you're just wiping your ass with the dollar bills you paid for the Ring of Honor brand. I do not understand this at all. And then I have people tweeting at me, a few, not a, not not many, but a few saying, well, it's clear he wants to focus on the AEW World Title because I have all of a sudden. Like, you can repeat it as many times as you want. It doesn't make it right or logical. You can say as many times as you want, well, I think the earth is flat. It doesn't make it true. It's just stupid. Stupid. You're going to get oh, our chat. Sorry, all- Dylan. Sorry, Dylan. This is what I was doing on your birthday. Nope. You're going to get your, the chat all worked up with that flat earth comment. But, Justin yeah. Rant there. <laughs> uh, but, well, Jimmy, that's – so this is my question to you. Because, I, again, I hate titles being vacated in general. But mm-hmm. I do say, if, if we're looking at it, we all say that the Ring of Honor title shouldn't be on AEW. We all say that they are perceived as below AEW. I mean, do we need to see Joe lose a match and lose the title – before getting to this world title spot is it it's not the nicest way but is it kind of just a nice way to say we're breaking it off we're moving forward and going away from the thing that we've all criticized i i see that point of view but at the same time what does it do for the actual title itself it makes it feel less important because uh, he wants to give it up to pursue another title yes the aew world heavyweight championship is quote unquote the title in the company that everybody wants to hold but at the same time when you do, there, there, yes, I'm going to sound like the get off my lawn guy again. Here we go. Old school. You, nobody benefited from this. And let's say you hold a little tournament now to crown a new ROH television <laughs> champion. It's not the same as someone winning that title, defeating someone like a Samoa Joe under whatever circumstance it may be. You know, what? <laughs> you know, who benefited here? <laughs> the title didn't benefit a person didn't benefit nobody if benefited I, if i'm keith lee i got my first match on dynamite in how long it's been a couple moon cycles mm-hmm. if i'm keith lee i'm going wait a minute i lost clean and got choked out to a guy in a title match and that guy then vacates that title and just tosses it in the trash y'all couldn't even bother <laughs> to give it to me mm-hmm. <laughs> like what? What? At least someone like a Keith Lee, who's who's believable in that role, that where you can think, hey, you know, this guy does have a shot. He he, you, you it, it's so easy to make it feel. Oh my goodness! It just I'm so frustrated. I can't even find the words. Uh, I will say they could have very easily had him lose the like hidden the the title loss on a Ring of Honor show, um, and then just had. Samoa Joe right. come out without the title. So. It's it, it, it just, it, it just a glaring thing of, I got to put my focus when it's like the guy you're going to focus on. He And I don't agree with it either, but but MJF's walking around with these ROH tacked. I mean, it, it's, it's stupid, but he's doing it. Like why, why, why can't you hold on to that ROH TV title for another minute? Why can't you go? All right, it, mm, yeah. mm-hmm. um, hopefully, 
this is this is my hope. My hope is that a month from now we forget about all this and Keith Lee is winning matches and Samoa Joe is is where he should be. But I, I I do agree. I think that the Ring of Honor title should have just been lost or the TV title should have just been lost on Ring of Honor TV. They don't need to ever mention it on Dynamite or Collision. They could just move on, similar to Becky Lynch losing the NXT title, and then they don't really talk about that on Raw when she's on there. They just, oh, you're back. <laughs> Glad to have you here, Becky. Um, I think that would have probably been the better route to go, but personally, because I... I just, I'm just glad Samojo. I feel like, and I agree with the the MJF tag title thing. I was MJF didn't have the tag titles either. I just kind of want all those Ring of ti- Ring of Honor titles off of AEW. And at this point, if even if it's ugly, I'd rather they just do it and move on. If if, if uh, who was it? Is it it's um who's a Meltzer and the Observer his newsletter? If if Tony Khan wins 2023 Booker of the Year. I think he won it last year, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. From if, if, if I got the same, if if the Observer newsletter s- claims that Tony Khan wins 2023 Booker of the Year, I will attempt to get a paper cut in my ass and use an edition as toilet paper because that th- 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 this this just goes beyond wrestling 101. If you got a guy and you don't want him to have the title anymore, make somebody have somebody beat him. Have the devil mask guys beat the shit out of him, out of Joe backstage, and then Joe limps like a fighting champion to the ring, but always still gets beat by so and so. What are we doing? Well, I'll tell you what you're doing, Justin, is you're going to get everyone here to petition Meltzer mm-hmm. to make Tony Khan Booker of the Year after that. Oh, comes. my goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, we move on here and we get to uh, speaking of titles that have moved around, Orange Cassidy. Uh, talks about how uh, basically acknowledges that he's the international champion, but he never beat John Moxley. So they want to have a match. Moxley cuts a promo of his own, basically saying it's on site between the two and we're getting a rematch between them. Uh, Jimmy, are you excited for this one or anything to take away from this? I don't know if there's a lot to take away from it, but no, exactly. It's, it's just, Oh, here we go. We're making another match. That's how it felt to me. And, and, and yes, and I understand that he technically didn't lose that title or beat John Moxley for that title, but uh, it just, I don't know. It just lack of enthusiasm. I don't know. It just, it didn't, it didn't entice me to want to see this match. I, you know, Justin, I actually, I liked that they're having this because it did feel, I mean, obviously this wasn't how it was supposed to go down, but it is, does feel a little weird that Orange Cassie's the champion considering he just lost it to Moxley. And it was a weird situation, but again, it feels like, it feels like this actually would make the most sense. If this was the UFC, this is probably the match that would happen. Yeah. On that, you know, <laughs> congrats on that logic. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> boy, Poor John Mox. I think he just deserves a damn vacation. He's been asking for va- he's been wanting a vacation for a year now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I this is intriguing to me. On you know what you said is right. In, in real fight world, that that and there's some real fight element that came into this in terms of the real injury. And you know, thank God everybody seems to be okay. But I'm intrigued because John Moxley is one of the foundation, you know, pillars uh, of this company, um, and Orange Cassidy is super over. 
He, he was a unique character, like it, don't like it. He's very unique. He's over. So, like, there's something about these two that is intriguing. Um, so I don't know. Again, I'll, this is one that I'm going to, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow a fuse over. I'm, I'm going to kind of wait and I'll watch it and I'll see what, what, it, what, what develops of it. Um, I do stand by this is the side thing. You know, we saw just Moxie and then, you know, he has Wheeler Uta by his side. Like between Brian, who unfortunately is injured, you know, we don't see Claudio every single week. Um, Blackpool Comic Club was built off the origin of William Regal being like they're like, you know, their 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 master, their sensei, and obviously William Regal's not there. I do think we need to kind of like maybe blow that up and start start something fresh. Yeah, I'd actually agree with that too. I, I think that they've 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 told their I don't know if there's any more stories to really tell that they need to be a team to tell anymore you know like john moxley being john moxley is just as good as john moxley blackpool combat club you know and everyone else one, one of my best friends he lives here in america now he's originally from black he's, he lived he grew up close to blackpool england i like that's like the closest major town that he would claim uh he's not really a wrestling fan you know, he knows a little bit about it through me but i asked him i said hey there's a there's a group that's got some pretty cool merchandise out there it's called blackpool comic club you want some he goes no i was like all right well so we could just disband the whole thing if I, if I if I can't sell it to my Blackpool England friend, then we ain't doing it. Yeah, it's um, I, yeah, it's one of those things. I like the pieces, but I just don't understand why they're friends anymore. I mean, or why they have to be connected at this point, especially when you have so many other groups already, which is kind of a reoccurring situation in AW. But I don't want to get off off track, so we'll move you. on to. Uh, I don't want to talk about too many groups. So we're going to go to the Golden Elite uh, having a match with the Bollywood Boys. It's a quick one. Uh, very unfortunate Bollywood Boys didn't get more time. I am a huge, huge fan of the Bollywood Boys, both in the ring and yeah. out of it. Uh, Jimmy, they're Canadian, so I want to give you the first uh, <laughs> first shot on this one. Um, uh, any? Okay, I don't know if there's a takeaway here. but uh, There is no takeaway except a, a misuse of the Bollywood Boys. And, 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 and yes, I do have a... A friendship with them they, they are good dudes but they're also good in the ring and they could help get guys over what happened tonight uh uh with that basically a squash yeah is what it was did nothing you know oh here's their debut ding 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 match over it it did it didn't help elevate anybody again it just felt like oh it was there that was it well it's weird they've actually been on AEW before um, or they've been on AEW shows. I don't know if it's been Dynamite. There's there's so many right. damn shows, but they've been, they've 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 worked matches in AEW, and and I guess I, I same way, Jimmy. I kind of get bitter because they're 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 good workers, but they're good people. Um, you know they they represent a part of the world that is one of the most populated parts of the world. So if you're trying to reach international and worldwide demographics, so I get frustrated and bitter because I'm like, you know, we kind of laugh sometimes and joke at like, okay, we're an overkill of how many people have been signed, how many people are are, are all elite. You tell me you don't have two roster spots for these guys to help solidify your tag team division. Yeah, and they of- are they are. If you ever see them, I just get to give them a shout out. If you're ever in an area and you see them doing a show, like a local show, whether it's AW or something else, they are one of the most fun teams. Just to be an audience member in, they are so much fun. There's so much energy. The dancing, They're gonna dance. Yeah. It's, it's so. And like I said, the guys themselves absolutely absolutely cool guys so um i i hope they get brought back and get to have some real matches because they can put on some some you know i don't want to overuse the word but bangers uh when they want to um mm-hmm. we got a video package of wardlow um 
Justin, all commentary about they had something with Wardlow, they let it die, now he's back. Let's put that aside because I feel like I see that on Twitter every day. Um, he's coming back, coming after MJF. I do enjoy the fact that some of the demons of MJF's past are coming back to haunt him. No, uh, I, and I love the way you phrase it, actually, because I've been kind of I, I, I've been in the same you and I are kind of the same headspace um, as we approach Christmas. I kind of look at it as like MJF's, you know, he's right now he's the, now he's the people scumbag and he's on the babyface side of things, kind of. Um, but it's kind of like his ghosts of Christmas past are starting to come around, and and I so I like him as the champion being the hunted. I like the fact that aside from Jay White, who he's advertised to face at full gear, that there are other people that have made it known they're coming for him. I like that. I, I That's something that I will say from a booking standpoint, I like because I, I, I think that you should always have that. Yeah, you can focus on, OK, who's the next challenger? And that's what you're primarily you know, promoting. But there should always be a second, third, fourth in line that we know that's that to use your word lurking around every corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Wardlow and him have history from the bodyguard stuff to Wardlow's a guy who's got a pin on MJF. If we go deep in the woods and bring in, I guess, some real life stuff, we know the Wardlow beat. Well, Wardlow and MJF, you know, th- th- was that what was advertised? And that was the, the, the famous controversy where MJF then just disappeared for a while. And who knows what happened behind the scenes? I like all of it. I don't know anything inside. I'm telling I'm, I'm putting this disclaimer out there right now. I, I do not know what is going to happen. But it certainly feels like, and I said this to Jimmy and Issa last week, they didn't they didn't advertise it once tonight, at least if they did, I got up and went to the fridge. But uh, <laughs> we know that the last show of the year, and this, it's like December 30th, is this, this special show they're doing, and they're doing it in Long, in Long Island, which is MGF's home. And I can't help but just feel like that's going to be built around MGF's the main event, and why are we doing this special show? I can't help but feel like this is a show that he's going to be built around that he's going to lose this title, mm-hmm. and that he and that he is in fact a free agent come January one, which is mind blowing to me that in a way he hasn't gotten that AEW hasn't gotten into paper, but also if MJF in his mind kind of has his mind made up, then to me, I think whoever's going to dethrone him and man Wardlow keeps talking about these sound bites. I'm I'm paraphrasing. He's like, you know, you, you're not going to necessarily know when or how, but but it's going to come. I feel like we're setting up for like end of the year. MJF's title run is done. I mean that. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that the way that entire it, it just feels like that. That that's where they're going, Jimmy. Um, any any thoughts on this this version of Wardlow? And maybe do you think he's the guy at World's End? Uh, he definitely, if he's built the right way, continuing going forward, he can be the guy at world's end. But at the same time, going back to what you guys are saying, it, it sounds like that that might be the scenario they're heading towards. But this also could be one gigantic, enormous swerve put together by MJF. He is a smart dude. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. And maybe he's working everybody, including those in AEW right now, making yeah. them, you know, think, uh, to go in a certain direction and he's got his mind made up where he wants, you know, like we're thinking a lot of people are thinking maybe he wants to go to WWE. Maybe that's his goal. Maybe that's what he's always wanted. And he's, you know, building his brand, so to speak in AEW, but at the same time, who knows, maybe he wants to be the pillar 
of okay. AEW because I know a lot of people have have you know said you know it's the Bucks and it's Kenny and it's Jericho and all these people who who the Cody who are the foundation mm-hmm. of this company, but who is the pillar? Who's the guy who's going to hold it all together? MJF can be that guy. Look, uh, look if he. If he if he was to I assume it's World's End show end of the year it's in his hometown he's gonna have a he's still gonna be champion going into that show probably and he's gonna defend the title so if he if that show ends and he retains his title and then busts out a brand new contract and signs a long term contract on the air that's a huge win for AEW absolutely what a way to 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 close out 2023 but at the same time I can't help but say I go back to the Jade Cargo situation. I can I, I just couldn't believe Jay Carr goes out of sight, out of mind for months, months after her Goldberg-esque streak ended. And that was Tony Khan re- 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 comparing to Goldberg. Months after that streak ended, she's out of sight, out of mind. And then you bring her back, put her back in people's sight and mind just to have her lose a, one match to Chris Statlander. And then four days later, it's dominating the mainstream sports world that she's signed with WWE. Traditional wrestling booker and promoter would say, you leave her out of sight. (laughs) But Tony Khan, being a nice guy, wanted to give her like a little farewell. So that to me tells me I could see him letting MJF have this little farewell and get him on your TV while you have him. And oh, never mind. He's going to be in the Royal Rumble three weeks later. Right. I, uh, you know, I can't help but wonder if the plan here is to do a CM Punk thing where he leaves with the title. And then is gone for a little bit and then comes back or does some kind of summer of punk, summer of MJF kind of thing where he's, I don't know. History shows that Tony should probably stay away from CM Punk stuff. I I would agree. Uh, Julia Hart versus Red Velvet. Um, Great to see Red Velvet back. Julia Hart continues to get wins here. Uh, Jimmy, what I like about this, and I know that there's not enough, you know, we, we talk about how much time the women get on AEW, but mm-hmm. what I do like about this is I'm starting to feel like they're building a AEW title division and a TBS title division. We're starting to see them finally get fleshed out a little bit here with uh, Sky Blue and Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale and Julia Hart and the like. No, I, I get exactly what you're saying. And and I, I did like what we saw from Julia Hart tonight. I, th- I thought she performed really well in that, you know, dark mystic uh, character. I don't know about mystic, but that dark character that she's portraying right now. Nice to see Red Velvet back as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting choice here to have her return and become the uh, the foil, so to speak. And, and, and not, mm-hmm. no, maybe that's the wrong choice of words, but you know what I'm trying to say here, be, yeah. be the one that Julia Hart uh, manages to defeat here. But again, it, it, it's the aftermath. It almost felt like all of that was, you know, there just to get to the aftermath that we mm-hmm. saw with Sky Blue coming out and teasing all this stuff going on. And, uh, you know, and having Willow and, and, and Statlander come out. And, and it, it, it was almost like, Again, like I said, I hate to sound repetitive. The match was there to get to the angle afterwards, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. it. I get, yeah, I, I I do get what you're saying. And Justin, to that point, um, I feel like Red Velvet is someone that AEW could really latch on to as someone who they've sort of helped 
bring up uh, as far as I know, she was, I didn't know who she was until she was on AEW. Uh, I think that people like her. Uh, so I hope that this isn't just a, she's losing and now we're going on to something else. and going to forget about red velvet again. Yeah, no, same. She's got a good look. Uh, I like the name. I like her. I like, I like the things that she does, the entrance or her poses. Uh, was okay tonight prior to, I guess, what was an injury that kept her out as well for a while prior to that. Um, I thought she was a little, I don't know if I'd say sloppy, but I almost felt like inexperienced in the ring. And I, and I don't know how many years she actually had. I really don't, but mm-hmm. I'd watch her and I, and I, I thought there was like just a lot of like, eh, that, need, that really needs to be tightened up or that needs to be fixed. or that was a miss or whatever. Uh, looked okay tonight. And, and I want her to get it all together. Hopefully she's gotten some reps elsewhere, you know, like, you know, training or whatever, because I do think that if she can um, continue to improve her, in you know in ring work that she's got a lot of the other things that sometimes are tougher to teach so mm-hmm. let's, let's let's keep it going uh, and then we move on to our main event jay white versus mark briscoe uh winner faces mjf for the title um i agree with what was said earlier i don't understand why this why would jay white put it this on the line if there was nothing for him to win you know i think maybe if if mark briscoe said hey if you beat me then you get xyz then i understand why this would even be a thing but the match was cool i love mark briscoe i love uh jay white so i like seeing them get some tv time uh jimmy i'd love your thoughts on the match and uh the devil gang attack that happened afterwards on the acclaimed well the the match was okay except i found you know like maybe a little bit too much outside and yes you know I just have a problem when there's too much outside interference and it happens so often because when it happens so often, it ends up meaning less and less all the time. And like, here we go again. And the issue I had with the interference here again is the heat went to the wrong person. In my opinion, it went to the referee because it looked at times and I like Paul Turner. Don't get me wrong. Good dude. But it looked like he was purposely turning away to, to let that happen as opposed to them manipulating him. So to speak, mm-hmm. there was the one. There was the one where you know, um, where uh, Jay sold his knee, and you know, and Paul went to go check on him, which is what you should do. But a lot of the other stuff just didn't make sense. And and as far as uh, the aftermath and all that stuff that went on afterward, again, just too much going on. It makes you forget what we just saw. I don't know. And and the biggest problem I had with it, this being the main event, it, the, so the main event is not a world heavyweight championship match. The main event is a match to get to see who faces the world heavyweight champion. When you have a world heavyweight championship match on the card as well, you could have got to that ending the same way with the beat down by the, uh, the hooded uh, villains in the back. If you <clears throat> reverse that, the matches put the, put the mm-hmm. final match on first and the first match on final. The, the, the devil it's gang just, we're gonna yeah, get it over the devil gang, the devil gang. <laughs> yeah all right and so and so I, I think all has been said about the briscoe with jay white match it is you yeah. know i mean yeah. if you want mark briscoe to be back and give him a nice return have him do something meaningful have him win the roh tv title the devil thing's confusing because it, now i'm confused when we first saw the mass devil and his colleagues <laughs> attacking <laughs> they were attacking Jay White, correct? Yeah. So it was led to believe, ooh, who does M- who does MJF who refers to himself as the devil? Who does MJF is that MJF? Who does MJF have working for him? 
Tonight they attack the acclaimed, who of course have been, you know, especially Max Caster, w- wanting to, and then did partner with MJF last week. And then commentary tonight's like, oh wow, it sounds like if you're friends with MJF, you better watch your back. Are we supposed? Am, am I supposed to be confused and conflicted on whose side this devil group is, or do we just do a complete creative 180? I'm confused at now at this point. The the commentary throws me. Um, I actually 100% agreed until as as you were speaking, I was kind of thinking about it. You know, MJF was never that big of a fan of the acclaimed, and he did lose the match he was in with them. So if I want to reach mm-hmm. a little bit here he could be upset with the acclaimed and therefore have them get destroyed. But then it also your point. I don't know what you wouldn't want commentary to make us think that, you and, know, you know what I mean? That, that, that's and, the other thing. And real quick before Jimmy goes, well, I guess one detail, maybe if they truly, if they truly have booked this thing out and they actually have all the answers of what the reveals are going to be, which I hope because <laughs> if they mm-hmm. haven't, then Oh God, mm-hmm. uh, one detail tonight, the, mask person under the devil mask was not there part of the beatdown. The other guys all had black ski masks. We only just then cut to a video of real quickly of the devil mask person. Whereas the devil mask person was there the first time weeks ago. And that devil mask, of course, is the mask we've seen MJF wear. So like it could be to your point, Jack, the devil mask person was not back there because the person who wears the devil mask is MJF, who was clearly in the ring. So MJF, maybe he, he did know this was happening. And these are paid, you know, assassins. Um, yeah, Jimmy, I want your thoughts on this. I also want to get to some super chats that have been very patient. Mm-hmm. Um, first, yes, boy asks, is that aces and eights beating up the acclaim? <laughs> um, uh, so I want your thoughts. I guess, do you have a prediction of who it could be? I guess, first off, let me ask you this. Is it, do you think it's someone currently signed to AEW or do you think they're killing time until, certain superstars are available uh you know what i hope it's a and not b let's put it that way because if it's b then uh, waiting for certain superstars to become available then you're thinking oh boy you know uh then they don't have a real game plan in place you're hoping that it's somebody on the roster as for as far as who can it be i wish i had an idea and i like the fact that i don't know and, mm-hmm. and, and you know what I mean? And that's one of the things that makes me look forward to, to the big reveal. Mm-hmm. At, at the same time, it, it just, uh, again, uh, not having the, the deviled masked guy there makes it interesting as well. And it also looked like a bunch of different guys, if it makes sense. You know, it didn't look like, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it did look like the same people as the uh, yeah previous yeah. attack. Right. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I have a feeling the people who were seen on screen are not the people it's going to be one way or right. the other, just to keep right. us guessing. Cause if it was Wardlow, mm-hmm. I think we'd all go, Oh yeah, that's Wardlow. Oh, yeah. You would know that even if he was all, you know, covered from head <laughs> right. to toe in black, you know, you can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I think it started to, it started to become a little too obvious, but um, it's, it's yeah. I'm, I'm very curious to see, but Justin, to your point, I, I agree. I, I, I feel like you can technically save it as far as like the, the acclaim thing, but also I feel like it's, it's also kind of a weak. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's I, yeah. I, I don't know. To sum this up. I, I know, I know we've gone long tonight to sum this up. I feel like there are just a ton of balls in the air and some of it was audible called. I know Adam Cole getting injured probably really set off a domino effect that caused 
Tony and company to have to, and I get, and I get that's, that's part of it, but I get that that's a challenge. So I'm not, I'm not just, you know, not ignoring that, but we have the Adam Cole. We're still FaceTiming Adam and he's our brochacho. And Adam is trying to like tell you to take Samoa Joe as your tag partner. So he, you can retain your ROH tag titles. Meanwhile, Joe's trying to come after you for your title. You have Roddy. Who's so upset at the bromance between MJF and Adam Wardlow wants a piece. Jay White's, the advertised challenger devil assassins are they pro or con mjf like there is just a lot out there and god this is like a freaking potato nightmare for jimmy (laughs) (laughs) how the hell are they gonna tie all this together coherently it's it'll be it'll be a trick but we do have a couple super chats i want to knock out real quick uh yes boy also asks how often do Ring of Honor champs show up on Ring of Honor shows? Uh, I have not been able to watch a lot of their weekly stuff, so I'm not 100% sure on that. Wish I had an answer for you, yes, boy. Uh, uh, not many people are watching, yes, boy, so we can't really answer. Sheed Black. Shout out to Sheed Black with the two super chats. Appreciate you, Sheed Black. Always appreciate you coming through, Sheed. Uh, asks uh, or says, AEW Collision went down once CM Punk left. Um, I haven't followed the ratings, so I can't really speak to that, but I feel like the show is still great, to be honest. Um, it, I, I it has its ups and downs still, even yeah. when Punk was there. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they're, and, and, and they're getting killed on Saturdays that they're going up. There's a competition on Saturdays, but then when whenever they have, whenever there's a WWE PLE, there was, yeah. you know, obviously there was Crown Jewel this past week, which was in the afternoon. It wasn't even head to head, but the audience is way down for collision. They did the B level PLE here in Pittsburgh in September. And uh, that hurt collision. Collisions here in Pittsburgh on the 25th, which is the same night head to head as Survivor Series. It's not going to be good. It's tough because, yeah, it's, I mean, when one show is putting on their big show and the other show is putting on their regular show, the big show is always going to get priority. And after you watch three hours of wrestling, it's a tough ask to say, watch another two hours of wrestling, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so it, it's Saturday's is a tough day, but I think we all knew that when they announced it. Um, this Saturday is the first, uh, it's like a test run. It's the first teaming of Copeland, Darby, and Sting. So they're they're trying. Yeah. We'll see what happens here, with that. There we go. It's a, it's a it's a tough sell because up here in Canada, it's not on regular television on Saturday nights. It's on uh, the station that carries it up here, which is TSN, carries a Dynamite. They have it on their TSN Plus, which is their online uh, subscribe service. Well, yeah, because isn't TSN the one that is Hockey Night in Canada? No, Hockey Night oh. in Canada is uh, basically the other guys. Their competition and oh, okay. uh, CBC, which is uh, CBC. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Like, which is Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. I can't keep track of you Canadians. Well, it's, I, I, it's the exchange rate with the channels that throws me off. There you uh, go. <laughs> um, but uh, that does it for us. Um, everyone in the chat, let me know what you thought overall of the show. Um, and while you do that, uh, Justin, let me know what you thought of the show and overall thoughts and where can we we'll find you online? Uh, there was some good, there was some bad, and there was just some stupid. Um, you know, this they got one more show, Dynamite show, before Full Gear. I'm, they, they really, I think, need to knock it out next Wednesday, hitting into Full Gear. Uh, again, they have a lot of balls in the air around the main event scene, which that's cool. Again, I like all the challengers, but they, um, I, I, the, I want to see some stuff. Uh, that said, it's been fun to talk about. It's always good to, to be able to debate and have controversy. Uh, at Justin LaBar across the socials uh, here Monday, here Wednesdays, Friday morning, busted open spar with LaBar on uh, 
Sirius XM channel 156. Uh, and yeah, that's that. You got a uh, you got a tease though, don't you? I can't say anything more, but soon. Okay. Hey, I, I will. Here, here's the, here's what I am allowed to say because this is just on me. It is uh, pro, it, it is to date probably the biggest pro wrestling thing that I've ever done. Oh wow! Ooh, I'm so uh, ev- everyone's got to follow Justin. Yeah. I'm I'm checking out your X every now and again just to make sure I find out what the uh, yeah. what the, what the announcement is. Uh, Jimmy, how about you? Overall thoughts on the show and uh, where can the world find you? Uh, again, the show, there was some entertaining stuff. There was some stuff that had me scratching my head. It, it was a roller coaster ride. Let's put it that way. And, and and it's not a good sign when I'm looking more forward to Justin's eventual announcement more than <laughs> any, any of Tony Khan's special announcements. Let's put it that way. As far as where you can find me, obviously here on Monday nights with Triple J and on Wednesday nights uh, as we are tonight. And you can find me on the Roughing It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hepner and RJ, who kind of holds our glue together. And of course, from Monday to Friday, you can catch me on all my social media platforms doing my ref and rants where I make my little critiques and things not to tear down, but to help tighten those screws that I think need tightening and have a little fun too while doing it. Well, I want to say thank you to everyone who joined us again in the chat. Dylan, Killer, Clay, The Answer, Ethan Cruz, Huffman Elite Training. I haven't seen you in a while, Huffman Elite Training. Where have you been? Bernie DC, Ricky Zaldivar, everyone else. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. I had a fun time watching this show. I had a good old time. I sometimes don't care about logic, guys. I just go, that was exciting. That was a fun time. But uh, that does it for us. Uh, You can make sure to follow Wrestling Inc. for all your wrestling news. And be sure to check out the, uh, it's it's Wednesday, so the SmackDown after show on Friday. That'll be the next show then. Thank you guys, and we'll see you next time. Come on, Jack, do this work. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.